Attention. Case 19. Case 19, Ordinary Mind is the Way. Joshua asked Nansen, What is the way? Ordinary Mind is the way, Nansen replied. Shall I try to seek after it? Joshua asked. If you try for it, you will become separated from it, responded Nansen. How can I know the way? unless I try for it, persisted Joshua. Nansen said, the way is not a matter of knowing or not knowing. Known is delusion, not known is confusion. When you have really reached the true way beyond doubt, you will find it as vast and boundless as outer space. How can it be talked about on the level of right or wrong? With these words, Joshua came to a sudden realisation. Mumon's poem. Hundreds of flowers in spring, the moon in autumn, a cool breeze in summer and snow in winter. If there is no vain cloud in your mind, for you it is a good season. I hope everybody could hear me. Case 19, Ordinary Mind is the Way. From the classic Mumon Khan, meaning the Gateless Gate collection. It involves two of the great figures in Zen history, Master Joshu and Master Nansen. Both of these men attained their first enlightenment at the age of 18. But at the time of this koan, Joshua was a very young monk. Uh, he was about, he was around about 20. And he'd given up his academic studies in Buddhism and was now training with Master Nansen. And Master Nansen was around about 50, supposedly, at this time. And he was a great master and he had peaked and had, he was at his peak of great enlightenment. So I've, I've put the, the koan for me how, how it reads for me into two parts. And the first part is Joshua asking questions, searching. He still has doubt, even though he's had quite a few enlightenments, 
So there's still a trace of doubt. There's still a trace of mist going on. So this part of it, for me, is the intellectual, the conceptual, say, the relative part of the koan. And Joshua asked Nansen, what is the way? Ordinary mind is the way, Nansen replied. Shall I try to seek after it, Joshua asks. If you try for it, you will become separated from it, Nansen responded. How can I know, know the way unless I try for it? Joshua persists. So at this point in this koan, he's really searching. He's really trying to figure it out. He's still in his mind, he's still up here. And there's a deep curiosity, he's very sincere, he's very earnest, very hard working. And there's a very deep struggle going on to try and figure out what ordinary mind is. So what are my thoughts at this point? What are my thoughts? What does ordinary mind, mind mean to me, to you here? Um, at this point, for me, it's every day. It's just the word ordinary. It's everywhere, right here, right now. And the word mu comes up as well. So, there's a Taisho by Yamada, and I really like this little bit that he's talking about. And he's just explaining a bit more about what ordinary mind is. And I'll read it out to you. Um, it's nothing but our ordinary consciousness, our ordinary everyday life. It is getting up, washing your face, eating breakfast, going to work, walking, running, laughing, crying, leaves on the trees, the flowers in the field. It is birth, it is death, that is the way. We do not even have to use the mind. So the mind is not involved. The ordinary is the way. So that's just like my life. That's what I do. My ordinary life. I get up in the morning. I don't know if I wash my face first, but you know, I might go down and have a cup of tea. And you know, I'll have breakfast. I'll fill up the bird feeder. I'll take Wabi out for a walk on the moor. We'll open gates that I open every day, jump styles that I jump every day, go to work, go to Lidl, endless stuff. So is that ordinary mind? 
Is that ordinary mind? Or is that true ordinary mind? So now I'm going to jump to the second part of the koan. And this part is when Nansen is answering Joshua. And remember, Nansen is about 50 and he's reached great enlightenment and he's in a transcendental state at this point and he's not in his head at all. So it's direct experiencing and also becoming more intimate with the koan or reaching the absolute with the koan. So Nansen said, the way is not a matter of knowing or not knowing. Knowing is delusion, not knowing is confusion. How could it be, no, how could it be talked about, yeah, uh, sorry, I've lost a little bit. Um, so, when you really know the true, when you have really reached the true way beyond doubt, you will find it as vast and boundless as outer space. How can it be talked about on the level of right or wrong? With these words, Joshua came to a sudden realization. When you have really reached the true way beyond doubt, now that really stands out for me. And this summer, watching Wimbledon, um, I don't know if anybody did, the ladies' finals between Serena Williams and an unknown Romanian woman called Simone Halep. And she beat Serena 6-2, 6-2, under an hour. And Serena, I think, was flabbergasted. And the next morning I read in the paper that Serena said that Halep had really played out of her mind. So when you really reach the true way beyond, beyond doubt and, uh, and watching that game, she really played truly out of her mind. She was just, it was wonderful to watch. She was in the zone. And for me, that was a good example of that happening. And also, I have another example here. Letting practice be exactly as it is. Everything beyond our thoughts and emotions. So it's like... You, you have to go much deeper I'm feeling you have to go much much deeper it's much more profound than our ordinary thoughts and emotions that we are attached to habitually and in all different ways and then moving on to Mumon's comment about this koan and about the last line when Joshua comes 
to sudden realization. And that sudden realization might have only lasted five minutes, it might have lasted an hour, I, I, I don't know. But what he says here is, Joshua must delve into it. He must live it for the next 30 years, probably a lifetime, for him to fully understand what it actually means, this sudden realisation, this true ordinary mind. It's not just going to shift like that and everything's going to be vast and boundless like outer space. With the koan, there's a verse and it's uh, Mumon's poem and it, I really liked this poem because it got to the essence of the koan for me and it's Shibuyama's translation especially the last two lines. If there is no vain cloud in your mind, for you it is a good season. So what does that mean? If there is no vain cloud in your mind. So if you don't have a vain cloud in your mind, you can have true ordinary mind have that true beyond doubt that if you've got a vain cloud in your mind then maybe you better forget it and that's usually the case in my life because I've got plenty and and it's usually the mind the mind's getting in the way I become concerned with everything. So it's the usual useless, messy, busy stuff that goes on in our heads, in our thoughts. The self-centered stuff that goes around and around and keeps going around and around. We get stuck in habits and routines. And it usually doesn't go anywhere. It usually goes around and around and it'll go away for a while and it'll come back again. But if we don't have that, then for you, it is a good season. It's a good day, good or bad, however you're feeling. Everything's okay. And you're getting on, getting on with waking up, having breakfast, going to work, everything like that. So, now I want to lean into my thoughts and my feelings and my experience of this koan and just a little bit of history behind my time being a practitioner of Zen. 
And it's quite funny, really, because I'm giving my first talk, and it's about a koan. And my practice for the last 20 or so years <laughs> has been just sitting, shikintaza, and it hasn't been koan work at all. But I've got this funny feeling that the koan and just sitting come together quite nicely. Just sitting, just ordinary. What's the difference? For me, there doesn't feel like a difference. And so I did what Joshua did. I've been away to the lakes for a month. I've been head trainee, Shusho. I can't say it. <laughs> and I can't say Shusho Shuffle. That's even harder. So anyway, um, yeah, so I, I did what Joshua did. I started the koan. And I didn't know what to expect when I was there. I was given this, I, I, I chose this koan. But I didn't realise that there was all these things to do. When I got there, I was very busy, busy in the mind, because I had to learn things. I had to learn positions. I had to learn to be efficient. I had to do kentan. Uh, yeah, just everything. And everything was new and scary, and I felt vulnerable. And there was lots of new people every week. And I was also trying to work on this koan, on the cushion, and, and every day being in the lakes and being in my shed, because I was in the shed for a month, and, and it rained quite a lot. <laughs> and I'm not moaning about that. <laughs> But there was a few leaks. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, anyway. But that's ordinary. Everything is ordinary, isn't it? I mean, right here, right now, 24th of August, Saturday, 24th of August, dojo, Hosen, Chisu Hosen ceremony. Isn't this just ordinary? Us sitting here, being here. And... <laughs> So there's a little story. <coughs> so I was chipping away at this koan, and what I was doing was I was looking inwardly in my mind, I was searching, I was repeating it, I was just bringing it in a lot, and like a mantra, you know, continuously, but nothing was really happening, but I kind of knew that that was okay. And about near the end of the second week, I was in my shed, and I think, it, yeah, I was woken up by the bell. And it was, a, it was a sunny morning, and I felt different. I felt there was a shift. I didn't feel in my head anymore. Um, I felt... I felt a sense of something fresh and unexpected. And it was an aha moment. And it was like I wasn't working the koan, the koan was working me. 
I was out the picture, thank God, for that little, little glimpse of something spacious and wide and open. So for those two weeks, something was going on, even though I didn't realise it was going on. And I lay there, <laughs> not wanting to get up, because it was kind of nice, and a word came up, an unexpected, fresh, unknown thing came up. And the word was love. Just that one word, love. And I, I still don't really know yet. But anyway, this word love, and it felt, it felt like vast and boundless as outer space. It felt open and spacious. And of course, it involved I, me, and mine, and all the ideas we have about, about love. But it also went beyond the human realm for me. It went out the shed, into the landscape, into the sky, into the trees, everywhere. And maybe that's, that was my understanding of love at that point. And also, I sense when you do get a little glimpse or a little insight, I don't know what it was, but like Joshua, it needs to be delved into deeply, to be lived, to be actualized in your daily life so you could understand it. So that's what happened to me um, in the lakes with the koan. And I've worked a bit with love now, and I've worked with love before in, on a 10-day retreat, a koan retreat, and what is love, and and it's just open, and it's just spacious. And it's like, if there is no vain cloud in your mind, for you, it is a good season. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.